been gone far too long. Forgiveness ways in this place once called home. Come back home, you've been gone far too long. Forgiveness ways in this place once called up all this mercy it's a love that won't let go come back home you've been gone far too long forgiveness ways in this place once called home Are you running from the safety of all you used to treasure most? Do you find yourself pretending things have turned out like you hoped? Yeah, yeah. Come back home, you've been gone far too long. Forgiveness ways in this place once called home. Strongest love, greatest grace, when you see mercy running. Strongest love, greatest grace, when you see mercy running. Strongest love. Greatest grace, you see mercy running. Strongest love, greatest grace, and you see mercy running. Come back home, you've been gone far too long. Forgiveness waits in this place called home. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? With an extra hour of sleep. Yes, an extra hour of sleep. Um, I think it was I think it was my wife, Kathy, sent me a, a, a Facebook little meme. I think it was, because I thought it was you, but it was actually Kathy. The, you know, daylight, what it, what it, was, is it daylight savings now, or is it standard time? We're back to standard. Yeah, back to standard time. The, the, the depression has begun and for the next three months. <laughs> it is sad, but real. <sighs> Don't project your issues on us, Brian. 
But I'm not alone. There's a lot of people yeah. who struggle with, what is it, seasonal? Affective disorder. Affective yeah. disorder. Yeah, I need light. I need the light. So how was your week last night? You were at a tournament, right? My week last night? Yeah. How was your week last night? How yeah. was it? It was all at once. Yeah, Sam and I... <laughs> yeah, Sam and I played in a doubles tournament in uh, Salem, Corvallis, I guess. Uh, it was cool. We took fourth place. Um, it was um, 29 degrees in the morning when we started, and uh, Sam was very, very unhappy. Yeah, and I was almost with him, but then it got it up to like mid-50s by the end That's of it. That's nice. And then it. it was like, oh, yeah. Right. Um, there was, so it was cool. There were lots of parents with their kids playing, great costumes. We did not have cool costumes. Oh. Sam had an afro and a mustache. Yes, though. that's awesome. It was, yeah. yeah. Well, good. Did well, you have a costume? Yeah, it was, um, it, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, yeah, who, no, who, do we want to hear his costume? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was a 53-year-old man with a bald spot. Um, Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> You know, it's like when you see those photos of yourself, this is what, hum what the importance of humility, right? Is you move through the world thinking about yourself appearing a certain way to people, right? And then occasionally you get some unfiltered view of yourself that you have no control over and you go, there's a lot of work to be done. <laughs> yeah. You guys are so sad today. <laughs> How about we talk, go to the announcements? Where are Yay, the announcements? the announcements. We have a couple of announcements that I'm going to try to remember. I don't know if some of you got that extra hour of sleep. I did not. So um, our first one is next week, uh, next Sunday after service. If you are newer to Open Door, um, we're having a thing that we call introductions class. Uh, you get to know the church history. You get to know about us. Um, and the leaders and just kind of what Open Door is all about. Um, you need to let me know if you're planning on coming. Um, and if you are, because I think we're providing lunch. Yep. Yay, we're providing lunch. I was right. <laughs> yeah. So um, just let me know if you'd like to come. And if you're new, my name's Jesse. So come chat with me or Pastor Brian or Pastor Joe, and we can get you signed up for that. And then the next one is... Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm so tired. <laughs> Family meeting. So on fe November 19th, we are having our annual, our big annual business meeting. I call it a family meeting because business sounds boring. Um, but what we're going to talk about is our budget for 2024. Updates from, I think, all the ministry leaders. Um, updates from us. I have updates. I don't know about them, but I definitely have updates. Um, so that will be after church on November 19th. If you are a member or not, you are welcome to stay. Um, everyone is invited to this meeting. If you feel like Open Door is your home church, you're welcome to stay. And then second to last one, thanks Lions for helping me out. He's like, she's struggling with no coffee. Uh, we need cardboard. You guys are going to find out later today. I can't announce it right now, but later today you'll find out why we need the cardboard. I'm very excited about it and I cannot wait to tell you guys about it. But bring your cardboard. There, we need lots of cardboard. A lot of it. Sharon and Jean will agree. We need a lot of cardboard. Keep bringing it in. We'll be your recycling center. And then the final one we don't have a slide for, but today at 1.30, Champ is hosting a pizza party for Dixie um, for just kind of a pizza party fun day. So if you guys would like to go, Champ, raise your hand. Hey, oh, go chat with Champ if you guys would like to go. Um, it sounds like a lot of fun. And also, pizza and Dixie, I don't think there's a better combo ever. Um, so, yeah, if you guys would like to go, let Champ know. And that's all from me. So. All right. Yay. Thanks, guys. Thank you.
All right, so um, uh, just to introduce the, the sermon just a little bit, uh, we're going to continue kind of on the same topic we had last week that has to do with, with bitterness and anger. I talked about how last week, how, how anger, if you let the sun go down on it, if you, if you hold on to it, it'll, it'll cool and, and, and rot into bitterness. And bitterness ruins your life. It, can, it, it colors everything. It's, it just is really, really bad for you. And it's, 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 a form of, it's a form of anger. It's basically cold, rotten anger. And anger is, 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 is caused by something like, like grief or pain or fear. So whenever you get angry, you're going to have to ask yourself, well, why am I angry? Is it, is it, is it, is it really grief? Is it really pain? Or is it fear? It's one of those things. And if you hold on to that and you don't deal with it, it becomes bitterness. That just, we're not supposed to be, but we need to not be bitter for your own sake, but also because God commanded it, which brought up the issue of the solution for all of this is primarily forgiveness. And there's the question. What if they never say, I'm sorry for hurting you? How do you deal with that? If you're supposed to, you know, if forgiveness is the solution to bitterness, but what if they never say, I'm sorry? How do you deal with this? Do you, can, can you forgive somebody who's not sorry, who's unrepentant? That's the question we're going to deal with today. That's the question. Can you forgive people who are unrepentant? And my guess is all of you have an answer. But let's, let me see if I can help think us carefully through what, the Bible is saying is the answer to that. Okay? So let's let's stand as we read the two scriptures for the day. I don't have my where's my phone? Phone's over there. So Lions, could you go to the to the uh, to the, the first song? Okay. This is where we are in Ephesians. So we're gonna read this and then kind of the countering uh, scripture that goes with it kind of goes with this. And here's the first one. Be kind and compassionate to each other, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And then Jesus in Matthew 6, but if you don't forgive others their sins, your Father in heaven will not forgive your sins. Ooh. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your forgiveness. Father, thank you that you've sent your son that, um, that we can be right with you, that we can be reconciled with you, that we can have a relationship with you. Thank you so much for the incredible gift of, of the gospel. Help us to be grateful to it. Help us to have that, that the, the blood of Christ be absolutely precious to us. That we would be moved because of your love to love others to live for you, that we would worship you with our, with, our, with our mouths, with our bodies, with all that we are, and may the next hour or so in this church be uh, an expression of that praise. May, may, may it be um, moved by, may we be moved intellectually, emotionally, and physically to, to praise you as you deserve, for you are so good to us. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can remain standing if you want to, Barry.
forgiven because you were forsaken I'm accepted you were condemned I'm alive and well your spirit is within me because you died and rose again amazing love how can it be that you my king would die for me amazing love I know it's true it's my joy to honor you in all I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted, you were condemned. I'm alive and well, your spirit is within me because you died and rose again. Amazing love. Amazing love. my king would die for me amazing love I know it's true it's my joy to honor you and all I do I honor you you are my Jesus, you are my key. Jesus, you are my key. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my king, would die for me? Amazing love, I know it's true It's my joy to honor you In all I do I honor you You are my key Let's pray. Uh, Father, as we, we sing that I can still see myself as 12 years old taking communion and, and considering what that represented. That, um, that you had to die in the most humiliating, painful way. This lamb slaughtered for me who did nothing to deserve it other than to accept who you truly are. And when I allow myself to spend that time, Lord, it's overwhelming to consider the, the, the enormity of, of generosity. 
the depth of your grace. Lord, how can we not be changed? How can we not look at others and be so grateful that you have forgiven them as well? Lord, help us this morning to understand the depth of your grace and the forgiveness that you extend to us and how we, in turn, are prompted to do the same. Father, and for, for Pastor Brian, as he represents your word, your teaching, that we may receive it as he teaches it from you through him. Thank you, Father. Amen. Um, uh, if you ever need to have a, an appointment with me, if you want to get together with me, I am available almost every single day, most days of the week, even often, frankly, the same day. You just need to let me know or let the church know, and um, if you need my number, I mean, I'm happy to give it out. I'm available. Just let me know. Um, we'll get together. Whether you, whether you want to talk about the sermon, or you want to talk about your coworkers, or your your spouse who's being annoying to you, whatever it is. <laughs> so, just let me know. All right. Forgiving those people who don't say I'm sorry, who are unrepentant. I remember the first time I, we wrestled with this. I think Kathy and I were in a, in a Bible study in another church before I was a pastor. And, uh, man, we wrestled with this. And I don't think I had a good answer at the time. And uh, I don't, I don't who, let me just ask this real quick. Not, I'm not asking what your answer is. Do you feel like you have a clear answer? Yes or no? Yes, raise your hand. Oh, some of you do. So, so a lot of you don't. Okay. I think up until recently, I don't think I got this exactly right. I'll be honest. And part of that was because I didn't think really, really carefully about exactly is being asked of us when we are asked to forgive people. And we got to think really carefully today. So that's what I want to do is just walk through very carefully what, it, what does forgiveness mean. And to begin with, what we need to do is we need to pull apart three things. We need to pull apart forgiveness from reconciliation. They're not exactly the same thing. And reconciliation and forgiveness from being righteous or justified. They're three different things. Now, Jesus... God in Christ does all three at once. And that was my, my challenge. It's like, but wait a minute, when God forgives me, he, does, he reconciles and he trusts me again. The whole thing, he does all three at once. But what does forgiveness itself mean? We've got to think really thoughtful about that so that we can know what we're actually being asked when we're asked to forgive people their sins. And I think that will really set us free from some stuff, which is the whole point of this whole discussion, is you need to be set free from anger. You need to be set free from bitterness. And how do you do that? And sometimes, I think part of our problem is, is we're think, God, you, we think we're being asked to do something that we're not necessarily asked to do. So let's, let's just walk through here. So let me reread the, the text again, okay? 
This is the whole section, and we'll, we'll end on 32. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Okay? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, for whom you are sealed in the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness. That was the point. We, we need to not be bitter. We not have rage. We need not have anger. We need not have brawling or, or clamor or slander along with every form of malice. So that's what we're trying to not have. Instead, we are to be, be kind, we're supposed to be compassionate, we're supposed to be uh, to one another, and we need to be forgiving. And we need to do it just as God, Christ, in Christ God has forgiven you. What does that mean? And we're going to start by defining these three words biblically. What are they? What is forgiveness, re reconciliation, and righteousness? Let's start with reconcile. Reconcile is pretty straightforward. It all has to do with relationship, socializing with somebody. So, the, so the, you know, just to put it in context, somebody, somebody offends you, somebody hurts you, somebody has some kind of breakdown of the relationship, which is what always happens in sin, which is why you know, Isaiah 57 says that our sins have, have caused a separation between you and God. There's a, there's a, there's a break. There's, there, there, you can't relate because of sin. They hurt me. They upset me. Okay, then there's, there, there's something between us. We even use that, that language. Reconciliation is talking about that place where we're back to socializing again. I can hang out with you. I can talk with you. We, we have, we've had fellowship together. This is reconciliation. It's being with them. We're okay again. That's, re that's, that, that's reconciliation. Now, being righteous, he's saying, has to do with trust. Has to do with the fact that I trust you because you've done good things to me. You've, you've right, rightly related to me. This would justify is also. There's a slight differences between justification and righteousness, but for the purpose of this, there's essentially synonyms. They're not quite, but close enough for this. It has to do with it just as if never sinned. Many of you have heard that phrase, perhaps. It's the idea that you've rightly done the right things so I can trust that you're going to, to treat me well. You're going to do the right thing towards me. So I can trust you. That trust and righteousness on a human level comes from time experience with them consistently doing something being trustworthy and they're trustworthy because they do what's right they do what's right now forgiveness let's pop back to briefly forgiveness specifically means no payback it means pardon that's that that's what the word means it has to do with mercy it's saying, I will not punish you for your sin. I will not hurt you because you've hurt me. I will not wound you. I will not, there, there's no need to balance the scales. Every time there's sin, every time that there's, a, there's a, an offense like that, a debt is always, always, 100% of the time, incurred. Always. Always. So, Who's going to pay it? 
Now, in one sense, justice would say, you hurt me, the just thing is, eye for an eye, you took my eye, I take yours. Hey, it's balanced. Now we can move on. But forgiveness is going, you took my eye, I will pay the cost of it and not pay you back for it. Forgiveness always pay, involves mercy, not getting, giving what is earned. That's, that's forgiveness. And Jesus, we have that in Jesus. Hebrews 9.22 says that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Why? Just what I just said. You can't have forgiveness without there being punishment for it. Who's going to shed? Who's going who's to pay the blood? Ephesians 1.7 says, Jesus did that. Ephesians 1.7 says, we have redemption in him, in Jesus, through his blood, his death on the cross, his taking the punishment for your sin, paying the debt, that's what re re redemption has to do with, paying the debt of our sins. So therefore, continuing at the forgiveness of our sins. We have redemption in him through his blood, which is the forgiveness of our sins. He paid the debt. Jesus paid the debt for our sins, therefore we are forgiven. Another one that's along the same lines is 1 John 2, 2, where it says that Jesus, he himself, is the propitiation for our sins. Big word, it's, it, it's only a Christian biblical word, but it's one you should know. Propitiation has to do with the removal of anger of God from us. He removed the anger. He hurt us. We, we, we hurt God by sinning. And Jesus' death removes that anger. This is what forgiveness is. It's the removal of anger because the penalty, the debt has been paid for, for a sin. That's forgiveness. Reconciliation? We, we've been reconciled. Colossians 1.21 says, Once you were alienated from God, that is, separated, there's, a, there's a, just a break in our relationship, alienated from God, and we're enemies. You're not friends with an enemy. There's a, there's a relational problem here. In you once were alienated from God, were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you in Christ's physical body through the death to, prevent, to present you holy and in his sight without blemish, free of accusation. So reconciliation from God's view has to do with forgiveness, but it's two pieces of it. He does it together. But reconciliation is about the coming, bringing people together. So they're not, they're not, you're not enemies anymore. You're not separated. You're back together. That's reconciliation. Justification, Romans 4, 6, the one who does not work but trusts God who justifies the ungodly, their faith is counted as righteousness. That is, that their, their faith, by faith, we are declared to have been perfectly obedient just as Jesus was. 
This is what it means to be righteous. I love this, this, this little, little phrase in the Gospels where at Jesus' um, b- b- baptism, where, the, the, where the, the Father speaks about Jesus, and he says, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That phrase, this is my loved Son in whom I am well pleased, that is God declaring Jesus righteous. That's what we are told in Christ. We are righteous. The perfect behavior of Jesus is credited to us. Romans 4.22 This is why it, faith, was credited to him, that is Abraham, as righteous. See, by faith, the gospel is saying is that you are united with Jesus. So when Jesus died on the cross, you guys together, he paid the penalty for your sin and you get his perfect obedience. Just like when in marriage, generally speaking, when two people come together, all the debts and all the, 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 the assets of a couple come together, they get both. We get the, in a sense, assets of Jesus' righteousness, and he gets the debts of all of our sin. He paid the penalty for it, so we don't. We get his perfect relationship, and for a brief moment when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He got our alienation. That's the gospel. And in Jesus, all three come together. These forgiveness, the forgiveness, forgiveness, the reconciliation, and the righteousness. They all go together. When God forgives you, he also reconciles you. He also declares you righteous. You get all three. It's, that's stunning. It's amazing that God would do this to, for us. There are, there are many theologians and, and skeptics who say, well, how can God do that? Because you know, how can he pay for a sin that's not his own? Well, I don't know either, but he says he does. How can he credit us with his perfect obedience? I don't know, but he says he does. Good enough for me. That's why it's faith. But that's the, that's the message. So we have 2 Corinthians 5, 21, 20, 20 and 21. We employ you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled. Be reconciled. There's the reconciliation piece. Why? Because God made him who had no sin, Jesus was perfectly righteous, to be sin, he took our sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. Reconciliation, righteousness, and Forgiveness. All three happens with Jesus at the same time. Stunning. The problem I had is that when I was asked the question of do you, when, when God says you need to forgive people, I was hearing I had to do all three of those. I don't think that's what he means. Because he didn't say you have to be reconciled with everybody. You should have a goal for that, but that doesn't mean you can. And you certainly can't impute righteousness to people. That's not not possible. So let's come back to our question. This question of what is being required of us. What 
do they require repentance? Now, in one sense, yes. So we have, we have verses like Luke 17, 3, where that, that incredibly, incredible passage where, where Jesus is asked, you know, if, if a brother sins against you, thousand, hundred, you know, seven after seven times, do you keep forgiving him? And Jesus' answer is, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, forgive them. Now, that seems pretty clear. You have, they have to repent to forgive. I agree. That does seem pretty clear. But the question is, do you always have to forgive them? Always. And here's, here's my pushback. All I have to do is find one time where God forgives somebody without, for, without repentance. And it's not always the case. Once. And we have once. Same book. A couple chapters later, Luke 23. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They didn't repent. They didn't even know they needed to repent. But he forgave them. And don't give me any of this. Well, he asked. It doesn't mean he got it. No, Jesus always gets what he requests. Always. They were forgiven. He forgave people who were unrepentant. Does that mean they're reconciled? I didn't say they were reconciled. Does it say they were righteous? I don't think they were righteous. I just think he, didn't put, he wasn't going to punish them for that particular sin, the cross. This is what I'm asking. Then you have things like Romans 12, 18 and 19, where it reads, if possible, if possible, live at peace with all people, as far as it depends on you. Which means, Paul knows it's not possible to live at peace with everybody. Isn't that obvious? You can't, there are times where people just won't be reconciled to you. They're upset at you, they won't. How can you reconcile when they don't want to be reconciled? Am I wrong? Paul knows this. Oh, but his encouragement is to try to be reconciled, try to have, have a good relationship with them as far as it's possible from your side of the street. And you certainly can't impute righteousness to somebody. You can't say that they've lived a perfect life and they're worthy of trust when they've done nothing to prove that they should be trusted. You can't do that. You're not God. So here's what I'm going to suggest. Here's what I'm suggesting. When we come to things like this, which... If this verse doesn't scare you, it sh it's, it, I, maybe think about it more. It certainly scares me. I need to be forgiven. I've done a lot of sin. I've sinned big. I've sinned frequently. I need his forgiveness. I don't want Jesus to go, because you aren't a forgiving person, I'm not going to forgive you. Okay, so we need to know really clearly what is being asked here. And here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. First of all, what is and is not being required? If we're talking about exactly what forgiveness means, it means this. It's saying, God, I'm not going to seek punishment for them, for what they did to me. I'm not going to try and hurt them because they hurt me. 
I will take the penalty for their actions. It doesn't mean I condone. That's not, that's not what's being asked. Forgiveness is not condoning a sin. In fact, you can't forget the very act of forgiving says there's something to forgive. Does that make sense? If you forgive it, it means they, there was a debt that they owed because they did something wrong. So forgiveness is not condoning. Accepting it without needing to forgive, now that's condoning. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking not seeking punishment for them. Instead, what we need to do is give it to God. We need to do what was said here in Romans 12. As far as possible, I, I, I'll try to get, it's a goal to be reconciled to someone, but I'm not going to, but it's not my job. I can't, I can only go to halfway across the street. That's all I can do. It's a goal to be reconciled, but that's as far as I can go. Instead, what I need to do is not take revenge because that is unforgiveness. Instead, I'm going to leave room for God to deal with it. I'm going to leave room for God's wrath because he says, it is, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay for that sin. So he, here's the scenario. Somebody does something, and sometimes we, when we get angry, it's not legitimate, but let's assume it is. What you do is you say, God, I'm going to decide, it's a choice, to say, God, you get to decide what their punishment is, not me. You get to decide whether or not they get hurt, punished, whatever it is. You bring the justice, I will not. Now, if that justice happens to fall on Jesus, fine, I'm okay with that. But if it doesn't fall on Jesus, I am happy to see them have it too. That's fine. But you decide, you're the judge, I'm not the judge. I will, not, I will not seek revenge for their hurt, for their, for their pain that they've done to me. That's forgiveness. That's forgiveness. Instead, instead, in, in contrary, if your enemy is hungry, you feed them. Not somebody you've reconciled with, because an enemy you're not reconciled with. If your enemy is hungry, you feed them. If he's thirsty, you give him something to drink. <laughs> and in doing this, you be, heap burning coals on their head. Love that. Why? Because you're being good to people who don't deserve it. And you're saying, God, you're going to deal with it. My job is to be kind. That's my job. That's what's being asked of us, is to be kind to people who've hurt us. And trust justice to the righteous judge. That's what's being asked for. It is not being asked to socialize with them. If they haven't repented, you don't need to socialize with them. This is what the whole Matthew 18 thing is. If they're not repenting, then you need to not have fellowship with them. It doesn't mean you trust them. Because you, you can't, you, it takes time to earn that trust. We don't get to be God and just automatically credit them to have been perfectly right. We can't, we can't do that. It's impossible. 
They have to earn that again. All I can do is not seek punishment for them. I'm not going to hurt punish them for what they did to me. And instead, I'm going to be kind. And give them a chance to repent and to earn back my trust. That's what, that's what forgiveness is. It's not condoning. And it's not ignoring your pain. Doesn't, forgiveness doesn't mean, oh, my pain's have gone away. Oh, well. No, 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 no. I didn't say anything about, about hurt, healing your hurts. So when you forgive, you're saying, I will take the pain of what they did to me. But that doesn't say that I have to ignore my pain. That, that wound may take a long time to heal. That's okay. It may take a long time to heal. Meanwhile, you continue to be good and kind to them. And leave the justice to God, not you. I'll leave you with this. Jesus saying, be, be children of your father, which is the context of the entire passage. So we should be imitators of Christ. We need to put on Christ. We need to, 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 be, to be like God, our father. That's in Ephesians. And so this is an exact parallel. In fact, even if we go in Ephesians, he says we need to be kind and compassionate and forgiving. See, they go together. But here Jesus says, be, be children of your father. Who does what? He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. He's kind to people who don't deserve it. So should we. And trust the judgment to God. It's not about condoning. It's about letting God deal with it, bring the, bring the justice. I know that's not easy. I know that's not easy. But this is about you being free from bitterness. This is about you being free from the anger and the hurt that poisons your life. Because it does. It does. It, 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 it. Remember bit, what I said bit last, about bitterness last week. It's like drinking poison and expecting the person who hurts you to die. Okay? You're hurting yourself, but you think you're hurting them. You're not hurting them. They don't care that you're bitter. So set yourself free of that. Set yourself free from, what it, from whatever it is. And I think every one of us should not assume, every one of us here should assume there's something we've held on to anger with. Something. Take some time this week and think, Holy Spirit, reveal to me what it is I need to give, you to, give, God, give, you to, give God to you. Give this issue to you. What do I need to forgive them for? What do I need? Because after a while, like a sliver in your finger that's scabbed over you start to feel, think it's normal to feel this way, but it's not. Ask God to point out where, where there, there's, there's something in your heart, some anger or some bitterness you've held on to. It could be grief. Maybe you're grieved about something. Maybe you're hurt. Maybe you're afraid over something. There's some anger probably in every single one of us. 
Give this to God. Let him be the judge. And you just be kind and compassionate to people. He won't, he, he won't disappoint you. He, he'll deal with the judgment. He'll deal with it. Okay? And you'll be like children of your father. Let's pray. Jesus, it is absolutely stunning that in you we get all of it. We get both the reconciliation, we get the righteousness, and we get the forgiveness. We get all of it. And I'm so incredibly grateful for that. And, and, and your, your blood is precious to me, and it's precious to us. And we don't want to be people who, who treat that as not precious. But we also, Jesus, know that we come into this moment in these days uh, and, and the days that have come before and the days are coming and, and there have been, we live in a world, Jesus, where, where, where people have hurt us a lot because the people are really sinful and it's not just you that's been sinned against, but we, you know, they, they've hurt us too. And, and we've held on to anger and disappointment and frustrations and and. and for some of us, it's really solidified into, into, into cold bitterness. Lord, we, we don't want that. Help us to, to have the faith to give that justice, that judgment to you. Give us the courage to be fiercely kind and merciful to the people who've hurt us, who are in our hearts enemies. For your sake, Jesus, in your name we pray, amen. Stand as you're able.
sin atone, nothing but the blood of Jesus, not of good that we have done, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes us white as snow, no other fount we know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. You may be seated. All sin will be paid for. All of it. Every last one, there won't be a, the, the biggest or the smallest sin will all be accounted for. All of it. Every sin done against God, every sin against you. All of it. It'll either be paid by Jesus or they'll pay, or the person who committed it will pay for it. Yeah. So therefore, trust the judge to deal with the people who've hurt you. Let them deal, let him deal with it. Let the righteous judge deal with it. And treat them with the kindness that God has treated you with. Be like children of the Father. <coughs> if this day you come and you like, I have held on to anger, come, come, Come to the table and lay that at the table. Lay it at the feet of Jesus and say, I need to give this to you. If at this moment, maybe, maybe the, the Spirit hasn't pointed out something in that case. Maybe you just today needs to be a, a thing of, thank you for the preciousness of your forgiveness to me. Thank you for that. Maybe that's all it is for you today. Either way, come to the table as an act of saying today, I trust you, Jesus, as both my Savior and as the King and the righteous judge who's coming. Come to the table with that. As we remember that on the night that he was betrayed, have you been betrayed? So is Jesus. He took bread and he says, this is my body given for you. And he was crushed for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The judgment of our sin was laid upon him. Just It was the Father's good pleasure to do that, says Isaiah. In the same way after supper, he said, he took the cup and says, this is the cup of the new covenant between God and man. Not the one before where you have to be obedient, otherwise I won't bless you. This is, I have been obedient, therefore I will bless you. Just trust my word. Pour it out for the forgiveness of your sins. Trust him. Come to the table as we remember and sing about the Father's love, and then when we've all gathered together, we will as one people of God say, thank you. Come to the table. Father's love for us 
Thank you, Lord Jesus, so much for your gift of forgiveness, of reconciliation, of being your children, having a hope, having a future. You are so stunningly good to us. May we live more like you. In your name we pray. Amen. Body and blood of Christ given for you. May God bless you today. May he give you the grace you need to act like him today, to get through the trials that ever is going on this week. Follow you with mercy because we all need it. May you be like Jesus this week. All right? Take care. We'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.